Scripture lesson this morning comes from Psalm 127, where we find these words, if God doesn't build a house, the builders only build shacks. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well nap. It's useless to raise up, rise up early and go to bed late and to work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? Don't you see that children are God's best gift, the fruit of the womb, his gracious legacy? Like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you parents with your quivers full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You'll sweep them right off your doorstep. This is the Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. God, open our hearts and our minds by the inspiration of Your Holy Spirit that as Your Word is proclaimed on this day, we would receive it with joy. Amen. So for the last several weeks, we have been looking at what some call the underpinnings of Methodism. Some of the things that were important to the founder of the Methodist movement, John Wesley. Some of the basic guidelines or what he calls rules that we as followers of Jesus are called to live out in our lives, that we as Methodists are called to live out in our lives. Wesley called them the general rules. We've referred to them over the last couple of weeks as the three simple rules. I don't know about you, but over the last couple of weeks, these rules aren't very simple, are they? You think back to the first week, the first rule was do no harm. And do no harm means that we see each and every person as a child of God, worthy of love, worthy of respect. And it all starts, I think, with looking at ourselves taking an inventory of ourselves, asking ourselves, do our routines, do our words, do our deeds, do they do any harm directly or indirectly to anyone? I hope you've been thinking about what you say, thinking about what you do, your routines. Are, are they doing harm to those around you? The second rule sounds a little bit easier. It's do good. And I told you last week that I truly believe that there is something inside each of us that pulls us, that, that tugs at us, so that we would do good. There's something in us that when we are at our best, when we, were, when we are at what God has called us to be, when we are living into that, that we are spontaneously led to be, to be good and helpful and encouraging and up, uplifting and affirming to everyone around us. Also reminded you last week that our goodness doesn't depend on everybody else's actions, meaning that the rule is not, I'll be good to you if you're good to me first. We are called simply to be good. We're called to make this part of our lifestyle. To, to, to weave it into everything that we do, do and everything that we say. And so today we're going to wrap things up. We're going to look at the third rule. The third rule is stay in love with God. Now that wasn't how Wesley worded it. Wesley worded it this way. He called the third rule, attending upon all the ordinances of God. 
Now, when was the last time you used the word ordinance? We don't use that language anymore. But, but for John Wesley, attending upon all the ordinances of God meant that you uh, participated in the practices that kept the relationship between you and God vital, alive, and growing. Wesley thought, uh, or his thought process was this, that attending to or spending time in those things that keep our relationship with God growing and thriving keep us in love with God. Now there's a foundational part of our faith that, that is so elementary that sometimes we forget about it. We glaze over it. We, we don't think much about it. But I want to remind you today that, that God loves you. And there's really nothing we can do about that, is there? There's really nothing we can do about it. God loves us. And although God loves us, sometimes we need to work on loving God back in return. Now, how many of you, this is a good question, how many of you have relationships? Nobody's got relationships? Everybody has some kind of relationships, right? Now, if you're going to grow those relationships, if you're going to help those relationships to thrive, then you have to pay attention to the person that you're in the relationship with, right? It takes work to make relationships work. It's day in and day out, isn't it? I ask uh, the folks in the chapel service, and I want to see if this crowd can beat the chapel crowd. How many folks here have been married 30 years or more? 40 years? 50 years, 60, 70, it's a tie. Had some folks 60 years in the first service. Now, all those folks that raise their hand, I bet if you were to ask them what it takes to get that far along in marriage, they're going to give you some good advice. They're going to probably tell you some things don't do. But I bet they're going to tell you some things that you need to do. And some of those things that you need to do, some of the, the, the secret sauce to having long-term relationships is you have to spend time working on that relationship, don't you? So many times we have relationships and we get caught up in all the other things in life that we would neglect those relationships. Those are relationships with people who are important to us. The same happens, unfortunately, with our relationship with God. We get so tied up in all the other stuff that sometimes our relationship with God gets neglected. It suffers. Have you ever had that, that season in your life where you just felt distant from God? Well, maybe you felt like you had no purpose or direction in your life. Maybe you felt spiritually dry. I would bet that most of us have had a season like that in our lives. A season where we felt like God had abandoned us. That God had, had left us behind. And the reality is God didn't go anywhere, right? Typically, we're the ones who, who stray from Him. He is right there waiting for us. Remember, He loves us. There's nothing we can do about it. And so, a lot of times when we find ourselves in those seasons, we do one of two things. We either search for ways to grow closer to God. We get more engaged in, in the church and in Bible study and in fellowship and in prayer. Or we go the total opposite way. And we buy into that understanding that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Absence does not make the heart grow fonder, especially in our relationship with God. Right? We have to be intentional about developing and nurturing that relationship. 
God has to be the foundation of who we are and what we do. That's what the psalmist was, was saying this morning. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. We can try to do it on our own. And I read somewhere this week that when we try to do things on our own, we build our lives as but a house of cards that can fall down at any moment. But when God is at the center of our lives, we build a house on a foundation that cannot be shaken. When God is is the foundation and center of all that we do, our lives are better. The lives of those around us are better. And so we need to make sure that we stay in love with God, that we develop that relationship with God each and every day. There's a prime example throughout Scripture, but even Jesus, even Jesus realized that He had to, to work on His relationship with His Heavenly Father. How many times in Scripture do we see Jesus pulling away to go pray? How many times do we see Him in the temple worshiping or, or studying the Scripture or teaching the Scriptures? God's own Son Uh, continually put forth the effort to stay in love with His Heavenly Father. And so the question becomes, how do we do it? How do we stay in love with God? John Wesley had a couple ideas. He actually had four ways that he believed we stayed in love with God. The first one is doing exactly what we're doing right now. He said public worship is one of the ways that we stay in love with God. Public worship is one of those ways that we develop our relationship with God. That's what we're doing here, isn't it? We're we're, we're working on our relationship with God and and we're pouring into Him. We're we're singing hymns of praise and we're saying prayers and we're following liturgy and we're listening to God's Word proclaimed and read. Secondly, Wesley said that if you want to stay in love with God, then you have to study and read the Scriptures. Here's what is kind of interesting to me. How many times we bring our Bibles to church on Sunday and then we get home and we put them on the counter or the table. We don't touch them again on Sunday. How are we going to know about this God that we claim to be in a relationship with if we don't read about and study and get to know Him? That's how we get to know God. And it's through the Scripture. So Wesley said that's another way that that you stay in love with God. The third one might be surprising to you. The third way he said that you stay in love with God is through communion. Wesley was a big sacramental guy. He loved communion. And and he, he reminds us that at communion we remember what God has already done, what God will do, but we also remember that in that moment God is working. Jesus meets us at the table. And and Wesley said it's through that that experience of communion. Not only for ourselves, but communing with those around us that we can, can grow in our relationship with God, that we can continue to stay in love with God. So public worship, Scripture study, communion. The last one should be pretty easy. Any guesses? Starts with P. Yeah, prayer, right? That's how we stay in love with God. All of us said we have relationships. How, how do we keep those relationships going? If we don't communicate in a relationship, what happens? Not much, right? Communication, that's, that's what it takes to, to make a, any relationship work. And it goes with our relationship with God. We have to communicate. We have to pray with and for people around us. We have to be intentional about spending time talking with God. Not only talking with God. Prayer, I think sometimes we'll talk about it more next week. 
But sometimes we think prayer is always us talking. I think sometimes prayer is us listening. God speaking to us. And so I was trying to think this week of a way to kind of tie all this thing together. And I thought of a story, and I tell this story in the engaged new member class. Uh, but also, I've probably told you guys this before, but it, to me, it kind of it brings everything home. These three simple rules. Do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. So there was a, a church member, a parishioner, who had not been to church in some time. And so the pastor decided to go pay him a visit. And so he went to this gentleman's home. And it was the wintertime, it was cold, he, he rang the doorbell, the gentleman came to the door, invited the pastor in, and said, let's go sit in the den, I've got a fire going. And sure enough, the pastor walks in and sits down, and, and there's this beautiful fire just going really strong in the den. And, and, and the man sits down, the pastor sits down, and, and they don't say a lot of words at all to each other. They just stare at the fire. After a few minutes, the pastor gets up and he, he grabs the tongs that are there on the hearth and he reaches in and he pulls an ember out of the fire and he lays it down on the hearth and he sits back down and they see this ember that's burning red, this orange, just on fire. And they both stand there or sit there for a few minutes and they watch as that, that fire and the orange kind of turns to black and, and the ember that was once very, very hot is now very, very cold. So the pastor gets back up, and he puts the ember back into the fire. And as soon as he places it back into the fire, it turns orange again, and it blazes again. And he turned to the gentleman, and he said, good night. And the gentleman said, I'll see you in church on Sunday. Isn't that a great image, though? That, that, that ember, when it's in the fire, when it's in the source it's, it's, it's on fire. It's hot, right? But when you take it away, when you, when you pull it away, it gets cold, doesn't it? Same thing happens with us. When we're connected with God, when that relationship with God is strong, then, then we are on fire for God and we're doing what He calls us to do and we're becoming the person that He called us to be in the church that He called us to be. But when we pull away or when we get focused on something else, then we get cold, don't we? followers of Christ we're not supposed to be cold we're supposed to be on fire we're supposed to be on fire we're supposed to be in love with God and so the challenge for us now is to take these three rules that I, I've shared with you over the last three weeks and, and they're not simple by any means but what I think they are is world changing if we do no harm if we strive to do good and if we strive to stay in love with God first and foremost we will change but then those people around us will change. And the world will change. So I challenge you to take these three rules serious. Do no harm. Do good. Stay in love with God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.